Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. Welcome to this month's Sunlight Spotlight. Sunlight Spotlight is an opportunity to hear from our Sunlight families. Why did they decide to homeschool with Sunlight? What do they love about it? And what advice would they give to other Sunlighters? Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Sunny from Sunlight here, and I am being joined today by Elizabeth Davis. Elizabeth, would you like to introduce yourself and then tell me a little bit more about your family? Sure. Hi, Sunny. Um, I'm Elizabeth Davis, and I am a homeschool mama to four girls. Uh, Their ages are 10, 8, 6, and 4. And so we are homeschooling three and then one in preschool, um, fifth grade, third grade, first grade. And we, my husband and I um, own a business. My husband drills water wells and our company name is Nomad and we travel. So that is um, one of the benefits of homeschooling for us is that we actually have two homes. Um, My husband has businesses in both Texas and California. And so we travel um, back and forth between those two locations and um, travel is really important to our family as well. So in the last year, the girls, um, our family has been to 23, I think, different states. And um, we, that's, that's kind of a part of our, our family culture is seeing new places. And um, so that's, I, I guess, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> Well, that is great. And what a neat experience for your girls to really be able to travel around and see places, you know, that they wouldn't if you were traveling like that. Um, Was that one of the key factors that led you to homeschooling, the ability to travel and have that flexibility? And what was it about sunlight that made you decide that was the curriculum you wanted to go with? Um, Yes, actually. I mean, when we were starting, when my oldest was starting kindergarten, um, we... I I guess I should have said that I was a public school teacher for 11 years. Um, I myself went to public school K through 12 and even um, public college. I went to UCLA. Um, I have a degree in English and I taught for 11 years. Um, I have a master's in education. So I never thought that I would homeschool. (laughs) I really thought that I would just put my kids right in. But um, when my oldest was starting kindergarten, I was pregnant with our fourth And my husband was traveling. Um, He was just starting our business. And it was a really busy time for our family. And I looked at um, how often we were seeing my husband and realized that if we stayed and enrolled in a regular school, we wouldn't see him for maybe eight months. And that just was not an option for us. So it really became like, okay, well, I taught, I can for sure do this. And I kind of just thought, it would be that first year until we kind of got established. And for a while I kept saying, you know, it'll just be year by year. We're just kind of deciding this year to do it. Um, part of that is because no one we know homeschools. 
So there was a lot of kind of pushback from the people who love us. Um, you know, one of my really close friends told me, I just don't want your kids to be weird. I'm so worried about this for you. And so I just had some, I, I didn't feel like I could say, I actually am loving this. This is great for us until a few years in. And then now I'm like, I own it and I'm okay with saying homeschool is the best thing I do. And sunlight really saved me because that was the first thing we used. I mean, I, I haven't used anything else. I am a real type A person. And because I thought I knew about curriculum and schooling, I, I could have gone down the rabbit hole of really obsessing about, you know, organizing curriculum. I could see that I would spend hours on the weekends um, planning our week if I didn't have those instructor guides that I could just trust. So it really allows me, instead of being super legalistic, which I'm kind of bent that way, to kind of rest in grace and to rest in the knowledge that this stuff is great and I don't have to obsess about it. I can do other things. I have four kids. I had four kids in five years and I, my husband does travel a lot and I'm alone a lot also. So it's not something I need to spend my time on is thinking, overthinking the curriculum. You know, everything is so coordinated so beautifully. The, the history goes with the readers, the science ties in even to the history, the Bible verses tie into everything that it's exactly what I wanted. I, I would have spent hours on Pinterest trying to coordinate those things and that's not necessary. So the, the longer we go in it, um, just the more faith I have in it. We have kind of a saying, if it's a sunlight book, it's a good book. We have yet to have a bad sunlight book. So um, we, we buy things outside of, um, you know, the sunlight curriculum we get, but I always check their lists of curriculum we haven't used yet and buy from those books. I mean, we just trust sunlight. So how many of these books are like, you could leave them out. They're so beautiful. Yeah. Like a coffee table book. Yes. <laughs> you said several things that I absolutely agree with. And I know I'm also a type A and that was part of what appealed to me about sunlight was that it was already planned. And like you said, you, we still have not come upon a bad book either. And even books we didn't think we would like, we ended up loving and they've become our favorites. We love adventures with waffles. That is probably our most favorite read aloud of all time. As far as like you coming from that education background, but still having fully planned, you know, IGs, do you modify your approach or do you kind of go along with just what's in the IG or how do you really utilize your IG to customize it to the needs of your own family? That has been a work in progress. Um, as I've added children, I used to be really, you know, I am kind of type A legalist bent. And so I used to really follow it to a T, like checked it off, wrote the child's initials by it, knowing I would use it again. And <laughs> then I added a second child and I was doing everything for both children. But I, my children are um, 25 months apart. My last two are 21 months apart. So they're close in age, but not to the point where I, I felt comfortable at first sharing curriculum, you know, sharing one history spine. So I was crazy. Last year broke me. Last year I was trying to do um, kindergarten. I was teaching my kindergartner, my third child to read. 
and my second grader and fourth grader, I was reading two different curriculums with them, two different sciences, two different histories. And I was, I thought this is not right. This, there's a better way. <laughs> so, um, I was, I had to break up with, um, you know, my obsessive checking off of things and I have found a lot of freedom. So this year, um, we, I picked, it was kind of a good year because everybody had ended their two year. My oldest daughter ended her two year U S history and my second child ended her two year world history. And, um, my kindergartner was ready to start something. So we all started together. Um, F we're in curriculum F right now, which is the Eastern yeah. hemisphere. Uh-huh. And I picked that because it's kind of a good little break for us. So, so part of that is we've been inviting people we know who have lived in Vietnam or um, South Korea or Japan to come over and have dinner with us and talk to us. So that's mm-hmm. been really fun. I think next year when I add my fourth child, I'm going to pick two. Um, I'm going to have everybody go into world history and I'll do a lower world history and an older world history. And my older girls should be ready now for them to do, to take on some more of that reading themselves. So, um, I just, I, I love everything in it and I don't want to let go of stuff. That's my problem. I think (laughs) if I find something good, I'm loving to add, you know, I add stuff I've added Spanish. Um, in fact, I bought it from sunlight, but it's the Rosetta stone Spanish, but, um, you know, I love to add stuff to our homeschool, but I never take anything out. And so then we get a little crazy. And so, uh, <laughs> I've had to watch that because I have those tendencies to just push, push, push. But, um, yeah, I, I think the best thing that has happened as I've had to relax is I've, I've established a really good rhythm for our days. And so that I rest in that a lot. And, um, also my husband is really great about slowing me down, pumping the brakes on me when I'm like, Oh, you know, but we're only on week 35. We have to have one more week and we love to go somewhere. And he'll say, remember this is why we're homeschooling. We have the freedom (laughs) to decide if we don't finish all 36 weeks, that's okay. And we have done that in the past. Um, this last year, we didn't finish and we had a trip planned to go look at um, the Civil War sites. We did Civil War sites. My oldest had just finished U.S. history. And because I read both, but I was reading to everyone. So everyone was hearing two histories, you know, everyone was hearing two sciences. That's why I was like, what are we doing? What am I doing? <laughs> but we're all in the same room. We all listen and love each other's stories. So but so we had all kind of finished U.S. history with her and we went to Williamsburg and we did um, Thomas Jefferson's house and we did the Biltmore on the way. And we just saw all of these cool things. And I had thought, oh, we'll read our history book. We'll finish that last week. And I realized this is not the point. You know, the point is that the experiences are just as valuable as the stories that we read. And I didn't want to take away from that for them to kind of make them feel like this isn't enough. We have to Mm do more. It kind of really brought it home to me to go stand on those battlefields. You realize Mm -hmm. how vast and big they were. You think of like one battle as being kind of just on a field, but they were like, they would fight and then go to the next field and fight and then go to the next field and fight. And it's so funny to, to think about that. That was really 
it was pretty cool to have just read it and then go stand in those places. I always feel like I'm not doing enough, but <laughs> doing enough. So um, I even keep track actually just for myself. Um, I make a list of all the books we read aloud in a year because sometimes I feel like we haven't done very much or we spent too long on a book. But when I look back on the year and we've read, you know, usually it's like 40 plus books that I've read aloud. That's an amazing amount. And that's almost one a week. So it's, we're doing great, but I have to remind myself of that sometimes. <laughs> and that's so true. Um, like what your husband said, homeschooling is flexible, but I know a lot of times as the mom, you're like, oh, but I need to make sure they learn enough and they see all the things and they do all of this. But like you said, once you look at your list at the end of the year and realize you've read so much more probably than other families have together. And, you know, and in your case, you guys getting to take them to these places, I mean, that's really, your girls will remember what they learned in these various places so well. And I know you've already touched a little bit on it, but how do you homeschool on the road versus when you're at home? Do you change the schedule entirely? Or are you, like you said, I know you, you put the books aside and went to those places, but, but how do you have to modify that? And how do you keep yourself on pace with what you're hoping to do for the year? That's a really good question. My, um, our rhythm is so solid kind of in our life that even when we're not homeschooling, we tend to kind of follow our daily rhythm. So, um, we start, we call it an easy morning. So I am a night owl and I will stay up late and I'm not a great wake up early girl. So, um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a real beauty of sunlight or of homeschooling is that, um, so I kind of embrace that. We don't need to wake up super early. I usually wake up about seven and I'll exercise and I'll do my own private devotion time. And then the girls roll out of bed and we have breakfast and then we love to just sit and read. So sometimes even in our jammies, you know, they'll still be, we snuggle and I start in with the read aloud. And that, like I said, even if it's Christmas, we're, we tend to do that in the morning. We have breakfast and then we'll start We'll do our um, devotion together. We'll um, read poetry and then I read the history and then I'll read the read aloud. And then after the read aloud, um, I have them write in their books. I, they do narration. So they'll write for 15 minutes. And even my first grader writes, you know, my four-year-old draws and everybody gets, and then during that 15 minutes, I'm like starting a little laundry or doing the breakfast dishes, kind of just starting my things. And then that's kind of a break. So we don't even really count that as school. That pretty much happens no matter what, no matter where we are, that's how our mornings start. And then sometimes they'll go out and play. Um, we've just sat and read for an hour usually. And um, so they'll go play for 30 minutes and I'll finish, you know, some chores. And then when they come in, we do school. And that's um, math, English, handwriting, and spelling. And they do those, um, they can pick from what they wanna do. They know they've gotta get those four things done. And usually we have those four things done by lunch. So um, my oldest daughter is doing fractions right now. Sometimes her math is taking her a little bit longer and she's sad about that, but. Um, <laughs> So, you know, give and take, sometimes there's some things to do after. Sometimes I let them play. If it's a beautiful day, I'll let them play a little longer. Um, sometimes if we have something to do, um, I'll, we'll, we won't play and we'll just knock it out. 
Um, so that's kind of the rhythm. And then after lunch, they play again. And then everybody in my house um, rests. So my four-year-old still is napping and everybody, my, my oldest to my youngest lays down in their bed for an hour and 30 minutes. We set the timer um, and they read. So they get their reader and a book of my choice and a book of their choice. And that is the best part of my day. But um, <laughs> that is usually when I go on a walk. Uh-huh. So um, they're where they're supposed to be. Everybody knows that they, they actually love this part of our day. So um, my oldest, they all look forward to it. It's often at the end of the day when we say our best, worst, and weirdest at the dinner table, they'll <laughs> often say their rest. So um, we kind of say a little prayer before they lay down that God will use this time to nourish our bodies and our minds. And it's beautiful. So it's also because I've had so many kids in a short amount of years that has turned in, you know, that's kind of my like sacred hour and a half where I can phone a friend, I can do my own thing. So I usually go for a long walk and that's a beautiful part of our life. But um, then after that, it's free play and then dinner time and family time. So um, that rhythm of our days, the rest and the morning that happens no matter what we're doing, where we are. And then the school part, you know, that's if we're doing that or not. So (laughs) as far as travel goes, um, that is another reason why I love sunlight is because it's not like heavy textbooks that we're lugging all over. Um, It's really just novels and a couple books. So they usually have their backpack and there are four things that school, math, um, language arts, spelling, and handwriting, they have. So they have that in their backpack. And then I pack the history book that we're reading. And I, I didn't say, but we do science on Thursday. So um, Monday, we, we just school four days. And so Monday through Wednesday, I'll read history. And then on Thursday, we do all of science. So we'll do, um, instead of our narration, we'll do our experiment. And I'll just read all four days in that one day. So we kind of do a block of science. We really love that we only do four days a week. We, we feel like on Fridays, today's a Friday. And we always kind of think, boy, we're so lucky. <laughs> we clean our house on Fridays and we always have a special lunch. We call it our girls club lunch, but we um, have kind of a fun lunch usually on Fridays. So, so I'll take our science, our history and whatever read aloud we're in. And I pack that in my backpack. And that's it. And that's how sunlight rolls. So um, I usually put the um, the things I need in my day planner. I usually do that on Fridays when I we're not schooling on Friday. I'll kind of look ahead. And so I don't pack the big binder everywhere we're going, but I kind of chot out, you know, jot out the Bible verse that we're memorizing and the page numbers that I need to get to by the end of the week. And that's how that looks for us on the road. So I, I wanted to say one more thing too about sunlight. When I was researching curriculum, one of the main things that I loved about sunlight, of course, was the literature. I'm an English major and love literature, but um, it was something that I saw on one of the blogs um, and it was some research. It was a, a research article about how when you read, um, you remember that information as if it happened to you. 
Mm-hmm. And I just really resonated with that. I mean, when you read a story, it's like you feel the emotion of that event. So if you're reading about the Holocaust, you are afraid, you are, um, you feel your heart beating faster, or you'll cry, or you'll laugh. And you've really lived through the emotions of that event. And so you remember those stories as if they happened to you. And it's so much more powerful to learn that way. And I know a lot of people say this, a lot of moms, but homeschooling my kids has given me my second education. I mean, I thought I was a well-educated girl, but (laughs) reading these stories is so awesome. So we really do love the missionary biographies. That's been a huge thing that we, I never would have thought to buy those or to read Mm -hmm. them, but they're wonderful. Um, That's a huge part of why we picked sunlight was just that the way that you remember, it's not about how much you do or um, how fast I I tell my husband a lot. I went to a college where um, there was 10 weeks and you had to read a book every week and then write an essay on it. And I would just, I was great at reading fast and memorizing facts. I could write a great essay and then I dump that information, Mm -hmm. but that is not the goal for us with educating our kids. The goal is for them to really dive deep and to remember and hold on to what they're learning, not to just um, kind of grasp it quickly and then let it go. So I know I, all the time, I'm like, I don't think I ever learned this when I was in school and now I'm getting to relearn it again. And like you said, the books just make it more fun and it's beautiful. And I love what you mentioned about how you can travel with it. Cause I think we We see all the books on the shelf and the giant instructor's guides and think, oh, there's no way this would be mobile at all. But like you said, you just grab the pages you need and then take the books you're working on at that particular moment. And you don't have to bring the giant bookshelf the entire year with you. So I love that. Um, And obviously you've said some amazing things about your homeschool experience, but what maybe when you were starting out or maybe as your kids get older, what have been your biggest fears or challenges that you've had to face um, or overcome? And how did you do that? I think um, two probably come to mind. I've kind of mentioned that I'm a box checker. Mm-hmm. And so that the fear of not doing enough was really strong at first um, when I wasn't as sure of what I'm doing. And I didn't kind of have my why settled in my heart of, you know, why we were homeschooling. I kind of um, was afraid more than sure. And so um, that, that has been a big journey for me to kind of rest in um, that what we're doing is enough. Often over my planner that I say each week, I will write relationships over results. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is something that I struggle with looking in my girl's eyes and seeing when they're done and not reading one more poem, not saying we could just do one more chapter or, you know, I mean, often they want me to keep reading those books, but sometimes I need to say, it's okay. We just need to go play or we need to talk about something else. That's kind of the, you can get a little obsessed about homeschool because mm-hmm. everything is a learning opportunity. Um, that's something my husband and I both kind of felt early on was, wow, this really rests on us. Mm-hmm. When a child asked us, um, I think the question was like, where does the wind come from? 
And instead of just saying like, oh, from the sky, you know, (laughs) thinking that they would figure that out later, Mm -hmm. we both looked at each other and thought, we need to figure that out. We need to really answer this question because we are it, you know, we carry that responsibility. And really every parent does, whether you send your kid to public school or not, really that does rest with you. But um, I think it's so easy when you just send your kid to a regular school to let go of some of that parental responsibility. So um, that's those two, I think the weight of the responsibility of doing this well Um, My husband and I are kind of parenting motto from when we first were pregnant with our first child was um, do things, do the right thing, not the easy thing. Mm -hmm. And so that, that carries through, I think, into our homeschool is don't just pick the easy way, but sometimes doing less is the right way. So it's a balance, I think, but I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And as a homeschool parent, you have the opportunity to know your kids so well because you do spend that time with them. So yeah, I love what you said. Like it's kind of the whole, it's, if it's worth doing, it might be hard sometimes and absolutely parenting in general can be hard, but having the opportunity to be there with your kids and play that role and have that influence on them, I think is just such a great opportunity that you get more so with homeschooling. So we've talked kind of about those challenges, but what has been the best part of homeschooling for your family? And was there anything unexpected that you were not thinking would happen or you know, you made changes because of something unexpected? The best part is for sure the time that we get as a family. Um, my girls are best friends with each other. That's what I wanted. And that does not mean that they don't fight and we don't have sibling you know, problems, but they all share a room and they read together. They, they, including me and my husband, often we have experienced these same books together and we kind of live in this book that we've read and we have this shared, it's like an inside joke, you know, or an inside experience. And so we, um, we reference these things that we were learning together and that's the most beautiful thing. Um, watching them play that, that in between time, between like our, our early morning, our easy morning and our school time, they often play what we just read. You know, I'm watching them like play trench warfare outside (laughs) and I'm thinking this is so beautiful to me. I see that learning kind of percolate into their play. And that for me helps me kind of rest in what we're doing. So that play is just as important to Mm -hmm. them as the time sitting, working on something. Um, That's part of their brain processing the learning. And so that's beautiful. Something that um, was unexpected, I think, was the conflict maybe between me and my children. Um, There is a role that I play when I'm their teacher that creates Mm -hmm. conflict. You know, learning, learning is uncomfortable. And so um, it pushes you to do something harder, especially for, for um, my girls, it's been math for two out of the three. And so that's an area where um, I have to push and I have to lay out some expectations and not bend, you know? So that's, that's something I didn't anticipate was that it would test my parenting in the way that it has. 
Um, that is for sure. I just didn't see that, I guess. I don't know why. You always think about the rosy picture, like of them <laughs> playing, you know, but not that I'm going to have to say, I'm sorry, you're going to have to redo this. You mm -hmm. didn't understand it. Or um, just kind of hold out, like, this is not acceptable work and mm -hmm. we're going to have to go back. And those are real things that nobody really talks about. So, <laughs> but. So. No, I love that. That is a good point. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, you you have to be responsible for all of it, right? So yeah, the good and the bad. <laughs> but fortunately, yeah, you do have the the good moments to outweigh some of those yes. you know, math challenges and things like that. <laughs> so I know you said early on you were thinking one year at a time, but now that you've been doing it a few years, you're you're trusting the process more and loving it more and more. So do you think that you'll homeschool your girls all the way through at this point? For sure, for sure. Um, we have a plan kind of for high school. Um, I, part of my teaching career was um, high school and I saw um, kids just struggle so much in public high school that the more I, I do this, there's the more I believe that um, there's struggles and challenges no matter where you put your kids to school, but this is so right for us. And that is, I'm sure of that. So unless something drastically changes in our life, I mean, never say never, but this <laughs> is where we're gonna be. And we plan on utilizing community college in high school for um, a lot of the subjects that I know will be, um, you know, like foreign language and science mm -hmm. of the lab and some stuff like that. Um, I'm really excited for them to be able to do that. We haven't had any learning challenges so far. Uh, my kids are um, pretty high end achieving. So um, they should be ready to, as part of high school, be able to participate in community college. So that's kind of my goal is to get them ready to do that um, mm -hmm. emotionally and responsibly and you know all those things to just have them ready to take on um, community college with their high school. So I honestly have, we've looked ahead, we pour over our sunlight catalog and we're so <laughs> excited about stuff. I'm like, oh, if we don't do that, maybe I'll just order the books. You know, like I, we don't want to miss any of this good stuff that's coming up. So that's what I always say about the high school books. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I didn't actually read that one when I was in high school. I want to read it now. I don't want to wait till my kids are there. <laughs> I know it's really tough. I, I will say this when we get our books on box, box day, um, I don't let my girls see them. So uh -huh. it's like a big secret what they're getting for the next year. Um, and I have so much temptation to like read ahead of time, but I don't usually, but. <laughs> Um, but we do something kind of special before we start school. Um, I, when they were first starting homeschool, like I said, we have no friends that homeschool. Everybody we know goes to regular school. So we're kind of isolated in that. And um, I just, nobody are at our church and nobody. So um, I wanted to make the start of school special. And I was looking for some um, like traditions that we could do because, you know, there's a lot of things built into the start of public school. There's back to school night, there's shopping for your supplies, there's getting a new outfit. None of that is really necessary for homeschool. <laughs> so um, we wrap up, I wrap all of their books and they unwrap them, they open them 
um, like Christmas on the day before school starts and we oh, do fun. start of school feast. Mm -hmm. So we have a big dinner. They actually make crowns and um, they decorate our house. And then they, the, the goal of the whole night is unwrapping their books that they're going to have for the year. So um, that's something kind of fun that we do with their books, but um, so. Yeah. What a cool idea. Yeah. And like you said, if you go to school, you get, you know, a lot of back to school traditions. So what a fun way to do that in your own home and make it special. And yeah, that's a great idea. They really so, look forward to it. So I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then it is like Christmas they get to open stuff and decorate and get excited. It builds so. that excitement about the books that they're going to read too. Those books really mm -hmm. are a treasure. So yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me today. I loved hearing about how you guys homeschool with sunlight. We love sunlight. And if you guys are thinking about doing it, do some research, but it's a wonderful thing. I think we would say that it's added to our lives and our library and we trust it. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sunlight Spotlight. Would you like to see your family featured next month? If so, please make sure to apply at sunlight.com. You can also nominate another Sunlight family if you'd like. Bye for now.